Hello there, welcome to this week's Bet McLean Football Show. This week we're in the company of Glen Torn striker Curtis Allen and the first time we've ever had a football club chairman on the show. Linfield's Roy McGivern joins us and we also preview the start of the women's footballing season here in Northern Ireland. Right, let's get to it. Vigo, good to see you. Curtis, thank you very much for joining us. And the first time we've had a chairman of a football club on the show. Roy, you're very welcome. And on the cusp of uh, collecting the Gibson Cup. Yes, yeah, great to be here, Pete. And yeah, I mean, what a week it's been for Linfield. Um, big result last Friday night against Balomina up at the showgrounds. Um, I sort of put the title within touching distance now. It would take a real incredible turnaround for us not to win it now. So it's been a fantastic week. Yeah, and uh, of course, you know, it's going to be interesting this Saturday. Crusaders come to town, I'm sure you're looking forward to it. Yeah, well, we need one point, obviously, now to clinch it. Um, there'd be no better way of doing that than against the current champions. And I suppose there's been a real intense rivalry against Crusaders over the last few seasons. Um, so it'd be lovely to win it here on Saturday, but they'll not want to come to Windsor Park and give up their title lightly. So it should be a really feisty game, as all our games against Crusaders tend to be nowadays. And, and David Haley, um, you know, it'll, it'll be two titles in, in three seasons. I mean... For all the doubters, last season he certainly turned that around. He certainly has. I mean, last season was a, a very poor one for the club, as everyone knows. You know, not winning a trophy, not qualifying for Europe. But I suppose that the board took a decision. I mean, to keep faith in David. We felt he, he was the right man for the club. We invested in, in the team during the summer. Um, give David the tools to, to go away and bring in quality players. And I think those players that he brought in really have made the difference. If you think of the likes of Joel Cooper, um, Michael O'Connor, Daniel Kearns, you know, those players have come in and added a touch of quality to the squad and probably spurred on the other players in the squad to lead to greater things. Andy Waterworth signed, Mark Stafford signed this week. Great signings for the club. But would you say that Andy Waterworth is, is underrated in this league? I don't think he's underrated, no. I mean, we certainly rate Andy very highly, and I think the number of clubs who probably would like to sign Andy, you know, I think that, that shows you how highly he's rated. He's been in field now six seasons. He scored, I think, about 153 goals. You know, I mean, he's the top it, scorer every year. It is an incredible run, but you sometimes get that feeling, don't you, Pico, that, that people aren't... He's not held in the same adulation as perhaps what others would, would, would think that he should be. I agree. Uh, it was funny, you know, I did say in the last show that Andy would be the hero against Balamina. He always seems to come up trumps against David Jeffrey's team, and he is one heck of a player. It's brilliant that he signed again for another couple of years. Yeah, it's a big boost for the club this week. I mean, um, I mean Andy had choices, obviously, where he wanted to go, and I think he's 33 this week, actually, but... We're delighted that, he, that he's staying at Linfield because he's just a goal machine. I mean, if you, if you the game a few weeks back against Dungannon, he scored four goals that, that night and didn't leave the six-yard box. You know, great delivery, but Andy was there to finish him off. And he scores goals in big games, you know, it's, it's title deciders, cup finals. He's always there. He's a main man to sort of turn to. I suppose one big question that um, Linfield fans would like answered here from you, Roy, is where the club is going Glentorn have got um, ambitions to go full-time. Larne are, go- are already full-time. Crusaders the same. Is that the direction that Linfield are going to go? It's certainly, I think, really exciting times in the Irish League you know, with all these developments, and um, we, we need to react to that. But it's, it's more than that. I mean, we've been looking for some time now. We had a, a sort of experiment in full-time football a few years back. It didn't really work out. Uh, some of our players went full-time. But we are now looking seriously, and part of the reason, and I knew we were there when we brought Pat Fenlon in, Pat has been tasked with looking at a a model that'll work for Linfield Football Club. Now, that'll be a transition. It won't happen overnight. So we are looking at within sort of two to three years to be going full-time, possibly starting with the best players coming out of the academy with some kind of model for them, sort of an education football-type pathway, and then sort of integrating the first team into that over a couple of years. But I think within two, three years, 
we want to be playing full time. Does it concern you that Glentoran could be on the way back with this huge investment if it's passed by the shareholders? Lauren are going to throw a lot of money at it. Um, Crusaders have the challenge for Europe again. I'm told that they want to bring in a lot of new players. So is there fear around Linfield that these guys could catch up with you and, and um, uh, overtake you long term? No fear whatsoever. In fact, I'm really excited about it. I mean, I want Glentoran back up there challenging um, because that's, I mean, the big two is still what it is. I mean, we've seen here in Boxing Day the crowd that Glentoran brought, even though they weren't in the top six, they brought over two and a half thousand fans here. So, I mean, I think it's great if Lauren will, will bring a new dimension to the league. Crusaders already have turned sort of three quarters full time. Glentoran, possibly Linfield as well. There's four clubs all gunning for the title because we all see the rewards now, Steve, in European football. So, we can't afford to stand still at Linfield, you know, so we, we need to move to some kind of full-time model. History always showed that the Linfield was the club with money and that a player, if they were approached by Linfield, would have gone there for the hope of playing for the biggest club in the league. As chairman of the football club now, I'm with players perhaps maybe not showing their hand and, and coming straight to Linfield if approaches made. Does that frustrate you that perhaps you don't have the same hold over potential players perhaps you once did have? I think it is slightly frustrating maybe maybe for the manager when he's, when he's trying to target players, but I don't see it as frustrating. I mean, I, the, the league has changed. Um, we are financially very stable as a club, um, but it's clear that other teams now are looking at, at, at Europe and why would you sell your best player to Linfield or Crusaders if you can finish up in a Europa League place and get potentially £250,000? So there's no incentive now for other clubs to sell, so there's no point throwing money, thirty or 40000 at a club for their best player because it doesn't make sense for them to sell them. So you're looking at players maybe coming out of contract and trying to target players that way. So I don't see it as frustrating. It just means we have to maybe be more clever about it and also look outside the Irish League. Look at talent down south. Look at talent across the water maybe in Scotland um, because I think we can compete at a certain level over there. Can I ask you just about the stadium? Obviously there's been, I suppose, chat of you know, maybe not the same atmosphere. Um, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Um, if you could do it all again, would you, would you leave Windsor Park and... I think this was only show in town at the time. I mean, the stadium here was, was publicly funded. There were no other options on the table. Once the maze option was removed, government decided that they were going to pump money into Windsor Park for redevelopment. So I suppose it was a bit of a forced marriage, you could call it, but it has taken a bit of a way. There's been a transition there. It's taken away for our fans to settle into the stadium. We have tried to do all we can as a club and as a board to make it more feel like home, to have more Linfield signage, to have a better atmosphere in a match day. And this season, it has really improved. We've, opened up the cup stand this year and I think our players have, have seen the difference because now they've scored the cup end there's fans there they can run run to them so we're doing all we can so listen we're going to be here for the next 50 years with the IFA it has to work for both parties What about Europe Roy? Um, Kenny Bruce the Lauren owner his dream is to bring Real Madrid Manchester United Liverpool to Inver Park um, what's Linfield's dream in Europe because for too long in my opinion Irish league teams have failed in Europe. I've written about it, I've been frustrated by it, and I would like Irish league teams to start stepping up to the plate and actually winning a few games in Europe. Now, I know you have done that, and by doing that, you got Celtic here, which was an amazing occasion, um, controversial as well. But what's the chances of Linfield or any other Irish league team kicking on in European football? I think you're quite right, Stephen. I think we are ambitious to do better in European football. We, We have had some very good results in Europe. I mean, I think a few years back we beat a Greek full-time team away from home and then lost the, lost the home leg here to pick, uh, put us out in away goals. But my ambition really is to have, I think an Irish League team needs to be in the group stages of one of the European competitions within the next few years. I've been at recent meetings of the European Club Association 
and certainly with the new competition coming in in 2021, there are going to be more teams in the group stages. So it's all about more income from Europe, more access for lower-ranked countries and lower-ranked clubs. So I think that's where we need to be. But you can't do it without full-time football, I think. And you have to be sort of playing competitive football when the qualifying rounds come around. I think we've sort of realised that now. So I think if we give our players the best possible opportunity, I think they can compete and get through rounds. And certainly for the champions of the Irish League from 2021, they could potentially be in a playoff for the second Europa League competition, even if they lose in the Champions League. So there's a pathway there to the group stages. It's up to us to try and realise that. Do you find uh, the role challenging as chairman? It's a really challenging role, I have to say. I mean, I've supported this, this club from as a young boy. Um, never, never expected to be on the board, uh, never mind chairman. But I think I'm in, in a job now just about two and a half years. I think all the Irish League chairmen would say the same thing. It's a really challenging role. You spend a lot of your time firefighting and dealing with issues. I try and be a bit more strategic and deal with sort of the bigger picture. Is about taking the club forward and taking the Irish League forward. And just in terms, because you know, football fans turn up, they watch your team on a Saturday. You know, how 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 imperative is it for you to have a good board, a good a good bunch of people who who can really direct? I think it's it's so important. You have to sort of surround yourself with with, with people who have the skills because Irish League football now is just a business. You know, it, it has to be sustainable. So you need good people at all levels within the club. You know, you need good players, good management, good staff, and a good board because there's so many things you, that you have to do now. I mean, we just finished the the UEFA licence for next year, which is incredibly challenging. You know, we don't have that many staff. Um, so it's, a, it's important everyone puts it together at a football club. Um, I mean, I'm a supporter. I've come up through the ranks. I've been here from as four-year-old, you know, so I know what makes this club tick. Um, but it is, as, as, as you say, you need to have really good people around you. And it's all changed, well, on the cusp of change yet again, Curtis, at the Oval. Firstly, congratulations on your goal. Um, what's it like with the new management team? I'm sure that's been, I mean, it's three management teams now in one season. Yeah, it's, it's, been, good. it's been good since uh, Mick and obviously Big Wendy have come in. Um, Kieran's still around too, doing, doing the coaching too. Um, not sure about Leaper and, and Smicker and what's going on. The, the, the melodies probably know more, about, more than what the players do. I think they've, they've had a wee bit of a break and I think the, the club's hoping to keep them on, but in what capacity, I'm not 100% sure. Um, but Mick and Wendy have come in and They've been fantastic, um, some real professional things and, and twists some things that I think would be fantastic for the, for the club and the squad, you know, just little um, analysis, analysis sort of stuff about games and stuff, it, 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 I think it helps players. For yourself personally, are you excited by what could be coming because I suppose the word is that you could be swayed to leave the Oval at the end of the season? I'm very excited, it's, 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 I think it's an exciting time for anybody at the club. Um, Supporters, players, anybody. And um, for me, you know, it's I signed for Glentorn, you know, about five years ago, and I signed a new three-year deal, obviously, a couple of years ago. And the intentions of getting the club back in any way, shape, or form, you know, to um, where I thought they should be, and, and and that's what I've been trying to do as a player, and on the pitch and off. And um, there's no doubt about it, the club needed um, some sort of financial backing because with the clubs as you're talking about, you know, have all sort of pulled away from Glentorn. Um, can't, you know, Glens in the last few years have not been able to send the players they wanted to for obvious, for obvious reasons and that's why we've sort of sort of been stuck in the mud a wee bit, you know, around that sixth, seven place, which isn't where we, we want to be. So I think it's a, it's a massive opportunity for the club, a massive opportunity for the players there to, to grab it with both hands. Um, the full-time aspect obviously won't suit players like myself who are a wee bit older and have got jobs, but for a young player at the Glentorn at the minute that's, you know, coming up and I've got ambitions to go full-time and maybe get across the water or play international football, what a chance. I must have been the word around the club about full-time football, even at this early stage. 
As far as I know, that they want to do something similar to, to what I think Crusaders are trying to do at the minute. Um, I think you know they've got to crawl before they can walk, and I think they understand that it's not going to be you know right. Let's go full time next year, and can you do it? Can you do it? Can you do it? I think you know they're taking baby steps and trying to see who can do it and who who they want to do it. And I would imagine it'll be something similar to what maybe Crusaders have tried to do this year. I, I'm not 100% sure, but I imagine it's going to be something like that with the possibility within maybe two or three years going you know, actual full-time like an English club would. What's it like in the dressing room, Curtis, being a player and you're now on your third manager of the season? With Glen Torn in recent years, have you just become used to the change? Or is it disconcerting? Is it frustrating when you're getting used to one manager's methods, say Gary Smith's methods, and all of a sudden Mick McDermott comes in and obviously he's going to have his way? I think it's there is frustration there. I think you know. I think the timing of things and the players don't know an awful lot of what's going on at times, and it, I suppose that can be frustrating. And you hear things in the papers and you hear um, different rumours going about, and, you, and the players discuss. You know, what do you think? And realistically, we don't know what's going on half the time. It's. It's difficult because, as you say, yes, you get used to maybe Gary Smith in there and we're talking about it and we're building towards next season and this European football, obviously, playoff, hopefully, that we're going to be in. And then that all change, changes and Mick comes in and he, and he has got different ideas, completely different training, can different, uh, completely different strategies, the way he talks in the change room, the way he, he builds up the game. So I think maybe for older players or the more experienced members of the squad, it's, it's maybe not as difficult because you're more experienced and you know that, He's maybe Mick or something, or Wendy's going to come in and knows what I'm about. He's been around the Irish League, knows more about me. For a younger player who's maybe only played a couple of games, it's difficult because Mick McDermott might look on a, on a piece of paper and say, I don't know, you know, is, and then is that your chance gone? And you've sort of worked hard to work, you know, when Gary Smith loved him and like that. So it's difficult. A new manager's never an easy time for any squad or any team because players are going to come, come in and players are going to come out of the team. But at, at the minute, it's everybody's chance and everybody's been given a chance to, to grab you know with, with both hands and can I ask you about his style of play I mean I know it's early days for you but are you excited by, by what he wants to achieve on the pitch and the way he wants to, about, to I go am, about yeah. doing it he's, he's talked to us massively about you know keeping the ball and, and wanting to a big problem that we've had as a team recently is the strikers are here midfield and defence are here and there's this massive gap you know and we, and we go up the pitch and the players can't get there and we're all over the place we're just too you know, far apart. He wants us to condense us and, and make us hard to break down and build as we're going attacking. So if we're all attacking, we're up up high. If we're defending, we're all back defending and, and, and in a nice unit, which I think is good. I think I can see a professional approach to it, the way you see some of the pro teams go about it. Um, there's no doubt about it. He wants us to keep the ball and he knows with, with players who can keep the ball. And how do you feel about that being on the other <laughs> opposite end of the pitch in the other 18-yard box having to trail It's not back? easy. I don't know. Have you seen the highlights? Um, the way we're playing at the middle, we don't, we're not blessed with really not many wingers at the club. We know Dylan Davison was probably the only out-and-out winger we had and he went to Coleraine and I think, you know, we've went to this 4-3-3, 4-5-1 sort of formation and I've been put out in the left which is a bit, you know, it's, it's one of them ones I'm, I'm certainly doing a lot more defending than what I'm used to. I'm coming back for corners and there's a couple of times I hope they don't, the camera doesn't zoom in on me because I'm sort of looking around going, I don't know what I'm doing here. Uh, <laughs> I, I was actually at Stangmore Park and I'll be honest, I haven't seen Curtis run that far in years. I don't think anybody has. <laughs> But to be fair to him, he scored his goal, and I thought you played well, mate. I've, I've, I have th- thought this season. That's the time, first time I've seen you, you say that. You've been poor. <laughs> you, you, there was one game in particular I thought, goodness me, Curtis, that's not like you. But on Saturday, he played really, really well, scored his goal, made the other goal, um, and defensively, um, uh, my goodness, you were running your socks off. But it was interesting, he played you more left wing, didn't he? It's, yeah, well, it's, he doesn't want me to be on the wing. You know, He says there's times, yes, I will be on the wing, but... 
you know, he, he basically what it is is my striker, but I've got the freedom to move and, and, and go into wee sort of pockets to pick up the ball, which is quite quite good. And I got a lot of the ball on Saturday, but at the same time, he wants everybody doing the work. And he's a big thing he's pushing is you know the team before for yourself. And um, I'm more than happy to do the work for the team, and I've said that over the, over the last couple of years. And I think um, the fans named you man of the match, which I'm um, really annoyed, Darren Murray. Um, I just hope Glentoran fans continue not to give Darren Murray the man of the match because it really winds him up, doesn't it? It does, and I said I actually tweeted him there because I think I beat him by one percent or something. <laughs> so I tweeted him saying, "Hi, Darren." He wasn't too pleased. <laughs> <laughs> This is the Bet McLean Football Show from Cool FM and the Women's Premiership is about to kick off for a brand new season. We're joined by Linfield's Louise McFrederick and of course she's got 100 caps plus now for Northern Ireland. Uh, Crusaders Julie Nelson, great to see you both and uh, first I suppose as champions, how excited are you about defending the title? Yeah, really excited. Um, so we're three in a row at the minute so we're definitely trying to go for that fourth one. Um, it's been it's been an interesting few seasons for you. I can't believe how many seasons you've been back home playing now, Julie. Yeah, no, we were just talking about it there. Um, this has been my fourth season back home. You know, it doesn't it doesn't seem that long ago. You know, that I was playing away. So it's you know it's nice to be back home and obviously playing for Crusaders again. How has the league developed in in in, in your time being back home compared to whenever you first came back? Yeah, it's definitely got a lot more um, professional. You know, the setup obviously with the backing of Niffle that have come on board now as well and Danske Bank. You know, it's more similar to obviously the setup of the men's league um, compared to what it be, would have been previously. Um, in your own role personally, in terms of growing. Women's football in this country and the visibility and whatever the hundred caps for Northern Ireland got an awful lot of press. And obviously, it's a, it's, a, it's a massive milestone for you and your family. But in terms of the women's game, how much do you reckon that's pushed on participation um, for young girls? Yeah, I think you know, as you say, there was a lot of media coverage behind it. It was quite surprising, you know, to me that the number of papers and mainstream media that cover it. Um, and I think that's what can only help the women's game, obviously, you know, to get get it out there. And obviously, uh, Women's World Cup's coming up now as well, which is getting a lot of press. Uh, and women's football's just going from strength to strength, so hopefully we'll get more numbers in the grassroots. Um, Louise, in terms of the squad, then, coming into this season, you're defending champions. Has there been much change over over the winter months? Um, yeah, we bit. So, unfortunately, um, we lost our captain, Sarah Benny. Um, she decided to retire there um, just to start a pre-season. Um, so, obviously, that's a big loss, but um, we're kind of boosted now. We've got Lauren Perry, our goalkeeper, who got injured towards the... And last season, she's now back um, fully fit again and playing. Um, she played there in the under-19 European Championships, so that's, that's a massive boost for us to get her back. And um, also have Claire Timoney, player from, um, she came from Canada, or she moved to Canada there, um, and she's now back playing for us, so that, that's massive as well. You're, you're going to be the favourites to win the title again, Louise, there's no doubt about that, and you have been the stellar side in women's football over the past few years. Is there pressure on Linfield again to keep delivering year after year? Yeah, well, I mean, whenever you put that blue jersey on, there's always going to be pressure involved, but um, last few seasons we've all risen to it, so that's kind of the main thing, and that's just what we hope to keep doing. Everyone's a beat us, and we know that every time we play, go out and play, but just got to keep rising to it. I have to tell you, Pete, um, I know Louise's dad very well, Sammy. He's a legend in Fermanagh, Sammy McFrederick. He really is. He's something special. So... When you were knee-high to a grasshopper, you must have just always had a, a yeah, football no, no at your choice, feet. Yeah, no choice, really, to be honest. I just always had a football at my feet, really. Um, just, I had two brothers as well that always played, and from that there, I just kept going going. And maybe you can emulate what Julie has done and, and go on I don't know, I think, I think my age maybe um, won't let me, but if I got one, I'd be happy with that. Uh, tell us about the decision on the new captain. Um, so I'm sure you know it's been announced um, earlier today that Kirsty McGuinness has now stepped up. Um, 
Kirsty's experience speaks for itself, really, to be honest. You know, I think the responsibility really helped her and really, um, you know, helped her performance this season as well. But she's a great role model for all players. And, and she's some goal scorer. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> I think she, she's one top goal scorer now the last few years, so she can do that again this year. We'll be happy. Excellent. Um, how far away is your squad in terms of challenging? Yeah, I think we're going through a bit of a transitional period at the moment. We've got a few older players and, and quite a few younger players now coming into the squad and you know, we don't really have anybody bridging that gap in the middle. So, um, you know, we'll, we're just aiming obviously to improve on what we did last year and we're not going to set any big targets. Um, a, a piece of silverware would always be nice, but you rely on that little bit of luck on the draws as well. How much pressure is on you, Julie, to, to be the leader in the team? You're the most experienced in the squad. Um, do, you, do, you ch- do you cherish that? Do you love that? Or, or do you find pressure the pressure comes with that? Yeah, I don't really feel pressure. Um, every time I go out on the pitch, you know, I want to be the best I can be and if that helps, you know, my teammates and helps the others around me, you know, I try to communicate as best I can and help and organise, um, especially younger players, you know, that maybe aren't aren't so aware of, of their positioning and stuff. Um, you know, I try to try to communicate and pass on my experience as much as I can. If Crusaders aren't going to be the main challengers to Linfield, who will be, Julie? Um, there's a couple of teams have strengthened. I think Glentoran has strengthened quite well in the off-season there. They've just signed um, Emma Higgins. She's come back home, um, an international goalkeeper, and also signed Vicky Carton, who's been in and around um, training camps you know, with the senior team over the last year or so, and she's got experience now of playing in England. So I would say probably Glentoran would be one of the main challengers and probably Sion as well. They've got a strong, a strong squad. And how excited are you about another season? You make me sound old, Steve. <laughs> He's full of compliments. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, myself and Louise were just talking at the start. You know, when our pre-season does seem quite long, we start pre-season back in January, but February and March just seem to have flown by and, you know, we're all raring to go again come next week. No one's older than me on this panel, I can assure you of that, Julie. <laughs> and a final word, just how, how, how much of an incentive is it to try and get into the Champions League? Well, yeah, I've been in the last, night, last two seasons. Um, this year will be our third year. Um, but honestly, it's the best experience I've ever had playing football. Um, last season there, we played against Ajax. Unfortunate, lost 2-0. But to be honest, we put a good challenge in. And, you know, a lot of people actually came to us at the end and said, you could have, could have sneaked a wee draw, but we're going again now this season and hopefully going to enjoy it. But you always wanted to strive to kind of get there. And because we've been in now two years, I think this is the year we finally want to try and push ourselves and really try and get out of the group. Listen, it's been a pleasure to speak to you both. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Good luck this season, and I'm sure we'll speak to you throughout the course of the year. So, as well as the Dancing Bank Premiership and the women's game kicking off this week, uh, we thought we'd take a look at uh, the other women's leagues in Northern Ireland. We're joined by Colette Young, the secretary of the Northern Ireland Women's Football Association. Nice to have you on, Colette. Thanks for coming in. Um, so, we, we're obviously well aware of, of, of the women's premiership, but how many, how many divisions do we have here in Northern Ireland? Well, we've got five divisions this year across uh, the whole country. And there's been a bit of a change, yeah? Yeah, that's right. So uh, back about three or four years ago, we regionalised the leagues. And the idea was that maybe with reduced travel, we'd increase the numbers. But after a while, that didn't really work out and it was hard to balance the leagues. So we've gone back to merit-based. And you've been involved in football now for how many years? Well, I've been trying to play for about 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) I joined my club committee then and then became club secretary. And then I joined the NIWFA committee and became secretary six years ago now. And and the change from 20 years ago to now has been huge? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the standard has increased immensely now between the pitches that we play on, the referees, the, the playing standard. I, 
I'm afraid to take to the pitch these days. It's just being played out of the park. And the women's game internationally has, has got an awful lot more profile. You see a lot more of it. So just how um, inspiring is that for, for young girls across Northern Ireland to get involved? Oh, definitely. There's, the profile has gone through the roof recently and uh, it's great to see the social media, the NIWFA TV coverage we have. We covered one match a week last season. We're going to cover two matches a week this season. People who are going to the under-19 UEFA tournament and uh, it's just become a normal thing now for girls to want to play football. Yeah, I've got two girls at home. Beko has obviously got a daughter um, and I've got a football at one of my girls' feet at this moment in time. But even my wife said to me, you know, how do we get her involved in the football club or whatever? So what would your advice be for anyone watching this now who perhaps has daughters or whatever um, and maybe they've never considered it? What would you say? Yeah, well, there's clubs throughout the country. They don't all have the youth structures, but a growing number do have. And we get inquiries to our website all the time and we're pointing people in the direction of their nearest club. From from up in Coleraine to down in Camlock to Castledurg, wherever. I think it's absolutely fantastic. I really do, because whenever I was growing up, um, girls didn't have this opportunity, and now they have. So it, it must be brilliant for you and your organisation to see so many girls now playing football. Oh, definitely. We just have to wait for a, a few more years before they can come through to my team. I'm a Lurgan Town, and we have uh, under-13s, under-15s, so they're not quite old enough to play in our championship team. But, you know, they're getting there, and I can't wait for them to come start coming through. And in terms of the championship this year, then, who do you reckon will be the favourites to go and win it? Ooh, it's you're going to sit in the I'm fence. biased, I'm biased. I'm connected to Lurkentown ladies. We're in the championship and uh, we struggled last year, but on our day we could have beaten anybody. So I'd like to think it'll be the better this year for us. We've got a new manager, good reputation. He's brought in some new players. And like I say, there's a few new ones coming through as well. Brilliant. Well, listen, wish you all the best in your role at the NIWFA and also with, with, with of course, your club too. And just before you go, if anyone wants some more information on, on the women's leagues across Northern Ireland and getting involved and all that, where do they go and look for it? Either our Facebook page, Northern Ireland Women's Football Association or NIWFA.org. Excellent. Colette, thanks very much for coming in. Thank you. This is the Bet McLean Football Show from Cool FM. Curtis and Roy have joined us again with Baco, and we're going to get into this weekend's fixtures in the Danske Bank Premiership. We're looking forward to your predictions, Roy, i got to say. But we'll start with Curtis. Uh, Cliftonville uh, at home to Ballymena at the weekend. And since Paddy McLaughlin's come in at Cliftonville, the Reds have been going well. They have. Um, I think Joe Gormley started scoring a couple of goals again. He had a wee bit of an off-patch there. And they've been going well. And I, I don't think they're the side that they were a couple of years ago by any means. Um, I think there's still players trying to find their feet. The boy Curran seems to have maybe just had a wee bit of form now. Maybe just a wee bit late coming in the, you know, the end of the season. But um, I think six months ago this would have been a massive game in the league. But I think with the sides are in the league, it, it, it's probably going to have an end-of-season feel to it. Obviously, Ballymena want to try and get the points. But the wheels have fell out of, off a wee bit. But... I can see that being a draw. I can see a 1-1 draw. Bigger. There's been a lot of talk surrounding Cliftonville. Um, obviously, they've hit the front pages this week regarding um, the Jay Donnelly case. Now they've got to get back on the pitch and try and do the business. Paddy McLaughlin is doing a fantastic job there. He has got them rolling, that's for sure. Ballymena, I'm like Curtis. I think the wheels have fallen off slightly, and it mightn't be the worst thing in the world for them to be away from home because um, they've had some poor results at the showgrounds lately, and I think it might um, actually inspire them. I'm going to go Balamina to win 2-1. They, they are desperate to finish second. I don't, I don't want the season to fall away and be very flat for Balamina because I don't believe David Jeffrey or his players deserve that. They have been excellent this season, and um, I think he'll want to finish in a high. So 2-1 to Balamina. Roy? I fancy Balamina strongly. Um, they've had some poor results recently, but 
I was really impressed with them last Friday night in the first half particularly. Gareth Dean made some really exceptional saves to keep them out. And I know they're missing Catherine Freel, maybe haven't got that cutting edge they had earlier on in the season, but I fancy Ballymena to win 2 0 and to go on and clinch the second place, European place. Uh, Glenavon are at home uh, against Coleraine and Glenavon have, have had a resurgence. Oh, they started the season on fire and they're ending it on fire. Um, it's just the bit in the middle. If they had I got that right, they'd probably be um, con- title contenders, that's for sure. Coleraine, I don't know what's happening at Coleraine. Um, uh, they're flattered to deceive all season. Um, they get a couple of decent results and then they fall away. I think um, uh, if they don't qualify for Europe this season through the playoffs, it's going to be a shocking campaign for them. Trying to be changes there next season? Well, Rodney McAree's already brought in a lot of bodies, you know, his own players. Uh, I can, I would imagine there will be more new players coming in. I'm not saying Rodney McAree's under pressure, but he could do if qualifying for Europe. In terms of the result, um, I think it might be a draw. I think Coleraine have got to have some sort of um, bounce after this horrific form. So I'll go 1-1. Curtis? Um, you know, as Stephen said there, I think, yeah, Coleraine, it's been a bit of a roller coaster for them. There's been times they've looked very good, and I think mm-hmm. I think early on in the season they had that big long run, but they were unbeaten. And I think since they've sort of lost that, you know, it's they've just lost that cutting edge, I think, is what they've lost. They've, they've had some good games, but, you know, they haven't reached the heights they were last year. And um, Glenavon, it seems to be every year, they sort of start really well, and they think they could be title tenders, and then something happens in the middle of the season. I don't know what. I don't know whether they take the air off the ball. It was Mark Sykes leaving. Well, it could have been, ben yeah. Leaving. It could have been, you know, sometimes just one or two players they got who have that wee bit of extra that can lift the team. You know, it can really disrupt the team. So, But they seem to be playing. They had a good result against Crusaders there last week. So I think, again, it'll probably be a draw. Um, I think it'll be a 2 2 draw because both teams like to score and they like to go for it. So I'd say 2 2. Setting the fence. <laughs> Roy. Both teams on the day can be very, very capable. And uh, Coleraine came here a while back. We're 2 0 up against us. And we had an unbelievable comeback to win 3 2. Glenavon had a good result last week. Uh, I would just fancy them at home. Maybe just the edge it. I think that they're maybe in slightly better form than Coleraine. Maybe just the edge it 2 1. Did Gannon at home to Institute? Well, having watched on Gannon against the Glens, um, I thought Glentorn Glen just had more of a clinical edge. That was the difference. They had Murray and they'd, they'd Allen, and they got the job done. But I, I think Dungannon, it's their last home game of the season. I think they'll want to go out on a high at Stangmore, so I'm going to go Dungannon to win that one 2-1. Right. I would also fancy Dungannon at home. I think they have to win this game to stay in the mix for the, for the seventh place European playoff. So I'd fancy them to win maybe 1-0. Just edge it. I think Institute will win. I think, you know, for them pushing towards playoff place as well, they're right up there. And I think they're, Dungan learned a bad football on Saturday, but I think from what I said on Saturday, I just thought that they'd lost a wee bit of the edge that they'd had early in the season. Institute are a good side. The pitch isn't bad up there and they can move it around. And um, there's a big boy up front um, is, is putting a couple of goals in too. So I think Institute will win 2 0. You think Dungan are on the beach, do you? They could be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's going to be a big day here on Saturday. Linfield at home to Crusaders. You don't have to give us a prediction yeah. if you don't want to. But I'll not predict the score, but I think we've had some great games against them this year. We've won all, all three league games. Obviously, they've beaten us twice in cup competitions. Um, here in the Irish Cup was a, was a sore one and extra time to take. So, listen, they've been very, very tight games. We've done well at Seaview. They've done maybe slightly better here, but our boys will be up for it on Saturday. You know, they know, they realise that they want to win it here against their big rivals with home fans. So, I would fancy Linfield do well, but I'm not going to give you a score. Pick up. 
Well, I'd love to ask Roy, has he um, set his targets and has David Healy set his targets on who you're bringing in next season? Well, we won't have to change the, the squad very much because if you look at the two players we've re-signed this week, plus the players who are, who are coming back. I mean, Mark Hockey hasn't kicked the ball for us all season. Um, so hopefully he's back next season. So with the squad we have, I expect very little movement this summer, to be honest. I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> I know David Healy. David Healy will be knocking on your door saying, I want three or four new players. <laughs> in terms of the result, um, I think Linfield will win. I think um, they'll do it in style. And if you're looking for one player to really light up Windsor Park on Saturday, Jordan Stewart, who maybe has gone under the radar a little bit um, after Christmas when he was absolutely sensational. But I think he's come back to form the last few weeks and has been absolutely brilliant. I'm so pleased for him because he was at Glentoran, obviously. You know him, Curtis. Um, he was over in England. He had a tough time there. And he has come back and he is starting to show what a brilliant footballer he is. And he's a great lad too. And I, I think... He'll have a special day here. I'm going to go Linfield to win 3-1. Curtis? Um, I think it'll be a tight game. Stephen Baxter will not want to concede the league you know, uh, against Linfield of here of all places because um, they've had some big results here over the last few years. and He hasn't read up after getting beat. I don't think he'd been too pleased to get beaten last week. But I think it'll be tight, but Linfield will win at 1-0. I could see Andy Waterworth hitting the headlines again. Um, with all the talk of the money at the Glens and whatever, how much would you love to be sitting in this position next season, challenging for, for a league title? It would be fantastic, but I don't think it will be. I think you know it's, it's a wee bit far out of our reach yet um, in terms of the money and, and stuff like that. Um, it, it's a building process. It, it, the club has been a building process for a lot since I've been there, really. Um, this money coming in, isn't, it's not going to happen overnight. Um, there's going to be big changes at the club, players, staff, everything. Um, but hopefully in a couple of years I will still be here and I will still be involved in the club in a playing capacity or maybe coaching or something like that and they'll be up challenging because that's why I signed for the club because I wanted to try and win trophies and I wanted to be involved in the big games and stuff. So um, I don't think we'll be here next year, but you know, um, but I think you know, in the next few years it could be something to look forward to. Hard to win Saturday and that being a bit of an Achilles heel for you boys. They have. They've, they've, well, we beat them the last match at home. Um, I think that was my 100th goal I scored against them um, for the club, but they're fighting for their lives massively. They've, they've lost a couple of games, lost that crucial game against Nuri, I think, last week. Um, I think that might help us because they know they have to win. They, they've, they've really got to take three points. A point, I don't think, will we'll do them. So it, they can't sit in and just go for the point. Um, they're not a bad side, but you know, for us and the, the confidence after we win last week, we've, we've got to go out there confident we can take the three points and really push towards this playoff place. How do you see it going, Bigger? Well, Warren Feeney must have been fuming with Ards last week. You're playing against your nearest rivals, Newry. It's a hugely important game, and they go and lose 3 0, it could have been far more. That's a disgrace, in my opinion. Like, you're fighting for your lives, as Curtis says. Well, you've got to turn up in big games like that. So he will be looking for a reaction, there's no question. With Glentorno, having watched them on Saturday, I do think their firepower is far superior. I think when Curtis starts scoring, and you hadn't scored for a while, had you? You're at me today, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> but when he starts, he normally goes on a great run. I could see him scoring every game now to the end of the season. And Darren Murray's capable of that too. So I'm going to go Glentorn to win 2-1. But Ards, they need to buck up their ideas fast, otherwise they're, they're going to go down. Right. I don't like tipping Glenn Torn to win anything, but um, I'm our old manager here, Warren, won't be too happy, but I think Glenn Torn would be too, too strong for Ards. I think maybe Ards had a bit of a bounce when Warren first came in, but uh, that defeat last week really was 
was very poor. So I think Glentoran will go with our win 3 now. And we're going to the final fixture of the weekend and Warren Point at home to Newry. And obviously Newry will be, you know, taking a lot of confidence from last week. Yeah, they might do. Um, big derby game. Warren Point have impressed me this year. I mean, I know they've gone off the boil recently, but they came here, I think, one day and in the first half played us off the park. You know, they really, really impressed me with how they play the football. I think they've got a very good young manager there. So I would actually quite fancy Warren Point there just to maybe sneak that. Final edition of the Morn Ultimatum. Um, Warren Point have, have done really well against Newry this season. I think this match matters more than Newry, and I'm, I'm pretty sure they can go there and get a point. 2 2. I think Newry will win it. I think they just need the game more. I think Warren Point still probably suffering from a wee bit of an Irish Cup hangover. You know, it was massive for them, and, and obviously to be put out when they did when they were. But the game means more to Newry. They need it more than, than what Warren Point do, although they're down there. But I can see Newry winning 2 0. Excellent. That uh, pretty much wraps up the show for this week. Roy, will you be the first chairman of many to come on the show? We'll have to wait and see, but thank you very much for giving us your time for us this week. It's been a pleasure chatting to you, and enjoy Saturday and whenever you get your hands in the Gibson Cup. Curtis, good to see you. Keep getting the goals in, mate. And Bigo, always a pleasure. Thank you very much for watching. Uh, It's been an extended show this week, uh, and hopefully you've enjoyed it, and we'll catch you next week. Enjoy your weekend's football. (laughs)